0: Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey, today we're talking with my friend Alex from Sacramento, and we're talking about a really unique subject of how do you function the best that you can and win as a bivocational pastor. There's so many pastors that maybe have smaller churches and they're bivocational. How do you win as a bivocational pastor? How do you set up uh, the structure of the church and what you should focus on and not focus on? It's a great conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Well, let's jump into it, man. How can I serve you today?
1: Well, um, I really appreciate, uh, again, being here, being able to watch Fly on the Wall and just a blessing. So, uh, Okay, so one thing I'm discovering is that I need growth in casting vision. And so what tips would you have um, for how to cast vision and ways to grow in that area?
0: Yeah, no that's good. That's a great question because I think that uh, I mean <clears throat> excuse me at the in, at the end um, we are all if you really think about it, we're all casting vision. When you're casting that vision, it is so important as leaders to um, learn how to cast vision. That's why I think it's such an important question. But here's mm. a couple thoughts that I have for you in, as it pertains to casting vision. And that is this um, one is um, first, you have to have a vision, a couple things in no particular order. Number one, you got to have a vision worth following. Mm. Is it worth following? Uh, in other words, am I, will, am I willing to give my life to it? Am I willing to give my finances to it? Is it worth following? Is the vision clear? Is it clear? Like, there's no doubt. I know exactly where we're going. I know where we're trying to get. I know what we're all about. So is it worth following? Is it clear? Um, Is there a way for me to connect to it? You got to show me how to connect to that vision.
1: Like handlebars. Yeah. What do you want
0: me to do? People support? whatever they create. So if I feel like I'm part of it, I'll feel like I support it. So it's gotta be worth following. It's gotta be a vision that is clear. And I know exactly where you're going. I know exactly what what we wanna do. Uh, I know that um, I've gotta be able to connect to it. And then another thing I would say is you have to consistently drop vision into people's ears. Because here's the thing you're gonna learn. Vision leaks and people drift. Vision's Mm -hmm. always leaking. So I just took a drink of this water bottle and spilled it everywhere when I took a drink of it. But this <laughs> this <clears throat> this water bottle, if I take a little pinhole, right, and I poke a little pinhole in it and I hold it like this, you might not be able to see it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, just a pinhole mm-hmm. of, of of going out. So even though you don't just see it go and it's empty, it's leaking constantly. That's the same thing with vision. It's leaking constantly. So okay, you, you got going back up. You got to keep filling the water bottle back up, man. Mm. So you're connecting people to it. You're having a vision worth following, but you better be filling it up. And you got to fill it up on a regular basis from different ways. Mm. So it can't just be your voice every time. You got to have other voices involved. Uh, can you interview someone that would in, that would that somehow that would work? And it doesn't work in all vision casting, but it's like, is there a video that would work? Is there a story that would work? Is there a life change story that would work? Is there an interview with a couple that would work? Is there, like, is there, a, a, whatever ways you can come up with. So, for instance, if you're doing a kingdom builder, uh, which a lot of churches do, where they raise money over and above the tithe and offering to give to, you know, other things or whatever, you can't just be the pastor speaking about it. you got to have people that have given to kingdom builders in the past what it's meant to them you got to have stories of people that have been affected by the finances that have been brought in and how it's impacted their life like you got to be figuring out five or six different ways to say it to in order to it, communicate right? it. yes so you're saying it consistently you're saying it creatively you're connecting people to it you mm. are having a vision that's actually worth following the other part of vision goes before you ever bring it to the people mm. Always remember, Alex, that the meeting before the meeting is the most important meeting. Yeah. So some people say like, I'm going to cast vision this Sunday. And I've had this happen before. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, what are you casting? Oh, it's vision Sunday. And I'm casting this, this and this and whatever. And I'm like, oh, uh, so you've met with your leaders, your boards and everybody. No, it's the first time anybody's going to hear it. And I'm like, you're asking for trouble that way.
1: Yeah. Uh, you got to think about who it will impact and who it'll how impact. do I get them my corner before then 100%. have that
0: conversation
1: before I have it in front of everyone.
0: Yep. Yep. The <laughs> yeah. meeting yeah. before the meeting is the Love most important that. meeting. Yeah. So yeah. you got to meet with your board, your leaders, your key volunteers, your staff, like, cause if they're all on board and they're all, man, let's do it. By the time you get to the church, it's a slam dunk, yeah. but you got to get all of them on board before you try to bring it to the church. Yeah. And that reminds me of John Maxwell when he's, he talks
1: about, uh, you know, I had a board member and then, and then he met with the board member at the farm beforehand. Yeah, Right. Yeah, I remember that story. <laughs> so, yep. Good so, story. Uh, I Good love story. that idea. Hey, you said that, um, you know, you can't be the only one saying it or use it in different ways, but yep. also we know that vision is like, like the job of the pastor, right. Yep. Getting it. And I think for me, it's been it's worth it. Is like, but am I bringing clarity and am right. I putting some handlebars on it? And um, but am I the only one to be saying it? So it sounds like no. Like have no. others saying it, have them be contributing it. Really, then th- that should be naturally occurring.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah the because yes, hundred percent. And you want to separate the details and the presenting of the vision. Uh, and when I say separate, uh, stay with me, uh, and I'll explain it in a minute, from the stories. I think you yeah. have to be heavier on stories than you are on the actual presenting of the vision. Present the vision, present how they fit, bring it up creatively and all that. you got to tell mm. a lot of stories. and that That's might be, the piece yeah. oh, it that is, I'm trying 100%. to plug in. It's like,
1: the vision's big, it's worthwhile, I can create it, I'm married to it. But I need the stories to fill in the
0: hundred like, percent.
1: Okay, how do I get good at like consistently attaching the stories to it? That's good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, just think about it. Let's pretend that you're not a pastor. You're attending some church of three or four, five hundred people. You're an average attender. You know, you're just I don't know, you're just an average attender. Yeah, a little business that you run or business, big business, whatever. And you're sitting there, and it's just the pastor just keeps telling you what it's all about, and that you need to give to it. But then all of a sudden, you hear like. There's a couple that started giving to it, but they were hesitant too. Or Mm -hmm. they they didn't know if they wanted to get involved or they didn't know if they wanted to do this, but they finally did it. And look how it blessed them. Oh, and then three weeks later, man, there's a story of someone that got blessed from it. Uh, And then now, you see what I'm saying? Now it's almost like, wow, now, wow, there's someone that got blessed from it. You know, that doesn't even go to the church. Maybe it's a video of like, I don't know, whatever. We're trying to do some outreach and this is a person that got blessed from it. Here's some people in the church that are just like me that were doubtful but jumped in anyway. Here's a teenager that uh, was going to give to our building project and was saving money for a car but gave $1,000 to the church. Like, whoa, here's a, you know, uh, here's an eight-year kid that was saving money. Like all of a sudden, it's like stories are coming at me from every. Stories move the heart. And and Mm -hmm. here's what I always tell people. Tell stories about the behavior you want repeated? Mm. Tell yeah. all those stories. Now, it doesn't mean you don't present the vision and give details. I mean, yeah, you got to give details and all that stuff. But um, that should not be the driving voice. The driving voice should be the stories. Let the stories do the narrating.
1: Yeah,
0: love it. It shows it. Oh, 100%. If I'm sitting in the crowd, you're sitting in the crowd, let's get real. After a while, I don't want to hear the pastor talk about it. But when I hear about the 16-year-old kid and the couple that's my age, mm and they are doubting just like I was doubting or they're feeling like I was feeling. Now I'm like, man, maybe there's something to this thing because mm-hmm. it's FOMO fear of missing out. I'm like, everybody's got this. They're <laughs> all in except for me. And the stories will do that. You won't yeah. do that as the pastor. The stories will do that. Nice. Nice. Love well, yeah. it. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still learning. Um, okay. Next question. Yep. Um, so I'm bivocational. Uh, mm-hmm. bi vocational pastor, trying to lead the church to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what all of that means, right? Uh, but what advice would you have uh, some some key areas of focus to actually make success necessary as bivocational? because your know, time is a thing, right? Time management., yep. uh, you know, thankfully, God's blessed me with some time management, but even so, yeah. it's still there's still a lot of things to focus on when you're trying to get to the next level. Right. How, bivocationally, how do you speak to that? Uh, some
0: key areas. Um, yeah, the, well, the one thing that I would tell you is, and I shared it with a guy um, recently, who's also bivocational, by the way, um, and I said to him, you got to be careful to focus on the absolute most important things that are going to create growth and momentum in the church. If you just start adding, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but if you just start, Mm -hmm. if a person just starts adding programs and we have something for the men and we have something for the women and we do a breakfast and we do a ladies this and a men's that and a kid's this and a senior's that and another Bible study, like, man, I I would not do all that. I would find the two or three things that you do right now with what you have, with the leadership you have, with the resources you have, Mm -hmm. with the team that you have, Find the two or three things that you do well and do them extraordinarily well. Mm. Um, and let all of your energy, it's like, okay, it's its kind of like this. Like, hey, from Alex, uh, let's be realistic. You're bivocational. We get, let's just throw a number out. We get 15 hours a week from this guy. Okay. All right. Well, he's going to pre- sermon prep for four hours, let's say. Okay. Now we have 11. Okay. Now, okay. We got 11 hours from you. Now let's take your top three or four In- leaders. They're all working. I'm sorry.
1: This is getting real, <laughs> yeah, okay, so then now it's your
0: three or four leaders, uh I don't know, your high level leaders, they're not putting fifteen. they're probably gonna give you six. Where do you want them to do with their six? Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? It's like combined total, you only got thirty or forty hours between all of you, so it's like, oh, we're gonna put on this, we're gonna put on that we're gonna here's what happens, I think in a smaller situation. we put on a whole bunch of programs to appease a small amount of people mm. rather than saying. Look, we're not going to do all that, but we are going to do two or three things extraordinarily well. Mm. And uh, what are the things we're going to do? And if it was me, if it was me, I would say we're going to put on amazing Sunday services. And we're going to have a very clear pathway to connect people into the life of the church uh, as smooth and fast as possible. And I always call that attraction and retention. We are going to do everything we can to attract people to make our Sunday morning experience amazing, and then we're going to get people involved. Because once they get involved, they're more likely to stay. They become a sticky church. You won't become sticky unless you get people involved. I wouldn't be adding 19 Mm. programs. I wouldn't. I would say, I'm going to do two or three things very, very well. Rather than 15 things, eh, I just wouldn't do that. Take all your energy and put it into two or three things that you do really, really, really well. Um, I remember reading a, in a book called "Sore With Your Strengths, old book, very small, great book, Soar With Your Strengths. And it talked about the American Olympic ping pong team and the Japanese Olympic ping pong team. And long story short, the Americans said they, you know, they asked what their what their schedule was like. Oh, we work this much on our forehand, our serve, our backhand, or this exercise, da, 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 da. The Japanese went totally a different way. They're like, if we have a guy that's naturally good on his forehand, we put 95% of our time making that forehand even better. Hmm. We're okay with giving up four or five points on the backhand because we know once someone makes a mistake of hitting it to his forehand, we got the point. They soared with their strengths rather than trying to be decent at everything They were amazing at one. Every player was amazing at one or two things, and that was it. And that's why they would always win, because they were so good at one or two things rather than being okay at eight things. Think the same thing in a church. Be really, really good at a couple things and put your energy and your leader's team's energy in those two or three things.
1: Nice, nice. That's why. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Focus on those strengths, right, and the things that make that growth. Soar with your strengths. Um, The momentum. Uh, what, and maybe this is the same question. Maybe it's very similar, but, you know, stepping out of bivocational and just thinking, I'm just trying to grow my church, grow the church in general, or I just want to see things, see it be successful. Right. Um, and serve God in it. What mindsets do I need? Like what mindset shift? And I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I feel like there's just so much that comes out as right. So many things to do. And it's like, I have to have certain clear thinking, clear mindsets on what I choose. And I know some of this is talked about it, but yeah, I don't know if there's
0: um, When you say a mindset and again, a new paradigm shift in your thinking to accomplish what? What 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 are we looking towards?
1: I guess to be honest, to uh, to, to accomplish to move us to the next level, right? Okay. A different way of thinking to move us to the next level. And even even if we are talking about by vocational and I I hope it's not like mixing things, but like you kind of need a mindset to change from I work and I do this, right? Or how could maybe I need to focus on moving into right, just working for God, right? And how do I make that shift, right? And yeah. so maybe I am talking about bivocational, but I feel like between moving from one to another, there's mindset shifts that maybe need to happen that I don't have or I want to make sure I have. Um, and the same in growing the church to the yeah. next level. Maybe there's mindset shifts yeah. that I need to have. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah. a few years ago, um, uh, we, my wife and I uh, know one of the Lucas. Uh, you ever heard of Lucas Oil? They own the Indianapolis Colts, the Lucas Oil Field. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're uh, self-made billionaires. Uh, and we knew the wife. We got to meet the husband, Forrest and Charlotte Lucas. My wife and I got invited to go watch a Colts game from their suite and there, it's a Lucas Oil. It's named after them. The whole nice. stadium is named after them. Um, so the attorney generals in the suite, like the who's who's in the suite, and me, which is like all these people, and then me. Uh, and I'm sitting next to Forrest, the the multi-billionaire, self-made billionaire. Who again, I've never met a billionaire in my life, let alone self-made. So I asked him, you know, some questions. I was just like, man, what what you about this? What you about It was interesting. I was just like, tell me, you know, like you, you made a self-made billionaire. Tell me, you know, what would you tell a young entrepreneur? You know, we're just kind of sitting there watching the game. And at the very end, he said something to me I'll never forget. He goes, I've been interviewed a thousand times. They had a Netflix special on him a few months ago, you know. And he goes, everybody asks me what I do, but nobody asks me how I think. Mm. I thought, man, that's good. Yeah, How'd you do that? How'd you do that? Changes, how'd you do that? That affects what you do. Yes. And so I was like, yeah. everybody asks this self-made billionaire who's one of a handful in the world. What did you do? What'd you do? What'd you do? And he goes, no one ever asked me how I think. He goes, yeah. cause I think differently than everybody else. And, uh, oh. and I think the reason I say that story to you is one, I love the story, <laughs> but I think it really relates That's to true. where you're at, Alex. It's like every level of your leadership and growth in the church requires a new way of thinking. You know, when you're smaller, you minister to people. As you grow a little more, you minister through people. That's a shift. That's a shift. Mm. You're not ministering to anymore. You're ministering through. Okay. The bigger you get, the less people you pastor. That's a shift because you're now working with a handful of people. The bigger yeah. you get, the more mission critical. It's like, I can't do 20 things. I can only do two or three things really, really well. There's a shift there. Uh, as you begin to grow, you realize, I just can't have my buddies around me. I, the top two or three people, the most stellar leaders I can get on my team, that's who I need to get on my team because they'll dictate how far and fast we go. That's a shift. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is a shift of like, I'm shifting like I, okay, I can't think like that anymore. I gotta, I gotta think about. I gotta have different team members. I can't think like that anymore. I gotta yeah. have different. I gotta, I gotta minister through people. I can't think like that anymore. Everything is. It, it starts changing. Um, there's a, uh, a a shift in your in your and how you approach people, how you see people. Um, there's a shift, I think, for a lot of your leaders that they realize one of the things is I think they have to shift from. S- the difference between investing with people and spending time mm-hmm. with people. Spending time with them is just going to get some pizza with them. Investing with them is I sit down and I make them a better leader. Spending yeah. time does not accomplish that. It helps a little, but it doesn't accomplish that. That's a change. Yeah. I had to make that change. I'm like, oh, yeah. Because my, my, I have a coach. I've had the same coach for years. He's like, Chris, you're investing in people. You're not. Or you go, I'm sorry. You're spending time with people. You're not investing in them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I guess they'll grow a little bit because, you know, you get into a leadership conversation every now and then he goes, but, and that's great that you're playing basketball with them. That's great. You're playing softball with them. That's great. You're going to pizza with them. But when do you sit down and go, okay, let me make you better. This is how we invest. If your team's not doing that, that's gotta be a change. There are. And so I didn't give you one, I gave you like seven or eight, Mm -hmm. but there are constant changes. And I think that you have to constantly ask yourself, how do I need to think differently.
1: Mm,
0: Yeah. And for a guy that I don't know how big your church is, hundred people. I don't know what it runs.
1: Uh, A little, we're at about
0: 60, 60. Okay. So when you start going, okay, I'm going to get a hundred, I'm going to get to 200. I'm going to get to 300. I can tell you that the top three or four changes right now, you've got to change from ministering to to ministering through. You've got to change from just thinking about attendance to thinking about engagement. You got to change and realize your top leaders around you, your top three or four around you are crucial to how far you can go. You Mm -hmm. gotta change from it just being your friends that are around you to being the best leaders around you. Those are the kind of things that have to change if you want to get to the next level. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Yeah. What else you got?
1: I found as uh, yeah, I have one more question about ownership. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh, and but time. I was gonna say I found that as the Dream Center, uh, you know, vision following and following in the steps of uh, LA, it's so big sure. that I have to open my, I have to think uh, differently about mm-hmm. the possibilities that God can do because it's so big. Then yep. I have to have those clarities and I have to have um, those handlebars, right? Um yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: absolutely. last question:
1: How do I, amongst a bivocational vocational team? Uh, continue to create that ownership, that buy-in amongst my team, Um, you know, uh, so that way, you know, I'm inspiring because, uh, you know, I'm still in this place of of volunteer ministry.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think the key word always is ownership, trying to figure out how do we get them to have that sense of ownership. Um, I think, again, streamlining to the two or three things you do well will help. Uh, I think that bleeds into it because if you have them doing a whole bunch of stuff, then you guys are just average at everything rather than being really good at two or three things and nothing succeeds like success. Nothing creates momentum better than wins. You know, it's like going on a nine game winning streak in the NBA. It's like, man, that is momentum is on your side. You know, energy's on your side, passion's on your side. You know that. I'm a huge baseball fan. When there's a six game streak, when the A's back in the day had what, like a 20 game winning streak or something, like when you get on that momentum, it's like, man, nothing gets in your way. You got to help create that momentum in the team by streamlining what you do. We only do two or three things well, but we do them really well. Uh, and, man, when you start when you start going from 60 to 80 to 100, momentum's on your side. Do not, do not. Here's what we do. We fight for simplicity, and we drift towards complexity. Do not mm. drift towards complexity. Fight for simplicity. And let your team have absolute amazing wins in a couple areas. That's how ownership is created. That's how people stay excited. Because moment. there's nothing like momentum. It's, again, it's like winning 10 games in a row. That team thinks they're in – you know, invincible, uh, because mm. that's what momentum does for you. It, it, you you blast through everything, and so I think it goes back to what we said earlier. Find the two or three things you do well. Get that team winning in all those areas. Not, uh, you know, we had the women's study; and only four women showed up. We had the men's thing, and eight guys showed up for pancakes. It's like that doesn't <laughs> sound fun, man. Uh, it's spread
1: too thin, yeah. Way
0: too thin. Find two or three things you do really well, and cut off everything else. And mm. there's a difference, Alex, between those things that have natural momentum and manufactured momentum.
1: Mm.
0: If you have mm. things that have manufactured momentum, dump them. If you got to beg, pe- beg guys to show up to get eight guys for a men's breakfast, I know this sounds cut and dry, dump it. Get mm. to the two or three things you do well. And if it was me, again, as I told you earlier, put on amazing Sunday experiences and create a very clear process where we engage people through serving or groups at a quicker pace that will mm. create growth and that will create focus. Look guys, we're going to be attractional. We're going to get more people here and here's how we're going to do it. And we're going to attraction and retention. And that's what we're going to focus on right now. And we're mm. going to get this thing over a hundred. You do that and get over a hundred and watch momentum. will get on your side and ownership will go up.
1: Nice. It'll Attraction and retention.
0: Attraction and retention, wow. natural momentum, manufacturing momentum. You want to go with natural momentum and mm. build that and don't, Don't waste your time on manufactured momentum. There's a reason why it's not gaining traction. Mm. So traction comes from from attraction and retention. Mm. Uh, And so work on that. Absolutely. It's been helpful.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Church Boom has been a blessing to me. I'm growing.
0: Well, I'm glad Church (laughs) Boom has been a blessing to you. And we're here to help in any way we can. But thanks for being on the podcast, man. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, thanks, buddy. All right, God bless you.